Happy Friday, and welcome to a new episode of This Week in Apps, a weekly, no-fluff, data-first roundup of interesting news and trends about mobile apps and games. This is Ariel from AppFigures, and I have five highlights for you today. And we'll start with TikTok. Not exactly tick, well, almost, kind of. Paste Keyboard, an app that does pretty much what the name says, jumped to the top of the App Store this week. Now, what's an unrecognized, kind of niche app doing at the top of the App Store, you probably ask? And the answer is TikTok. Another week, another TikTok success, and... This one is not exactly like the one we looked at last week, Paparazzi, which actually leveraged TikTok to get a ton of following in a huge first day. This one was kind of a maybe an accident. Paste Keyboard isn't advertising on TikTok at all. It actually hasn't even been updated in a while. Its success is due to kids being kids and needing a faster way to spam their friends, something a tool like Paste Keyboard is very good at. Downloads started climbing last Friday, peaking at 187,000 on Monday with a similar haul on Sunday. It was actually doing, it was at the top of the, of the App Store for most of the weekend and even spilled into the beginning of the week. Between Friday, last Friday, and this Wednesday, Pace Keyboard was downloaded by more than 854,000 iPhone holders. I only know iPhone because I couldn't find a version of this for Android. If you know of one, please let me know. As of today, which is Friday, it's holding on to the number four spot overall in the US App Store, beating TikTok. What's going on here? It's TikTok, 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 TikTok. TikTok has amassed a huge active user base that's, I want to say, less serious, more casual, and I, I kind of call them kids. And that means that in what happens in TikTok land will have an impact just because of the sheer number of people who you can easily tap. But it may not make sense to traditional marketers. So it's definitely something that I think you should educate yourself. I, I'm starting to sound like a broken record. I think this is week four where I say this, but if you are an app developer, try to learn more about TikTok. I think this is the golden age for TikTok. It's kind of what YouTube was back in the early 2010s or maybe even before. And it's definitely an opportunity for you to get more downloads if you jump on it. Next up, also I think somewhat related, a photo editing app by the name of Visco, which is spelled V-S-C-O and I think pronounced Visco, shot its way up to the top of the App Store as well, right after Paste Keyboard. So Paste Keyboard got pushed down a little bit and Visco came in its place. And I believe that's related to TikTok as well. A few weeks ago, I spoke about CapCut, the video and uh, photo editor, I think video editor from, specifically from TikTok. And I said that it was kind of the end maybe of all video editors because CapCut is gonna be free, it's gonna be integrated, it's gonna be very easy to use and very well promoted. But Visco is showing us that that may not be the case, and it got me thinking. So first, let's look at the numbers. Daily downloads shot up like crazy. They went from just about 60,000 on daily average to more than 480,000 on Tuesday and 530,000 on Wednesday, according to our estimates. And my thinking here is that because TikTok has become so integrated and because people are so interested in showing better content and whether it's just for your friends or to be unique or to be better or to be cool or because you want to become an influencer, you need tools that will give you something that all the other video editors don't have. And most people are not going to make their own video editors. So I think now there's actually a better opportunity for other video editor, editor apps to come in. And I think it will spring some sort of a gimmick war. So we'll see apps that come up with their own little uh, set of features that are super crazy and super unique and super weird. And then another app is gonna do the same thing with a different set of features. So I think that will really 
bring more to the video editor space. I'm going to keep an eye on that because I think that's going to be fairly interesting. I don't know how much easier it will be to monetize in the future versus in the past, but from a usage perspective, I definitely see that becoming more of a thing. Next up is HBO Max, one of my favorite streamers. Last week, it aired the reunion of Friends. Um, I don't think I know anyone who doesn't know what Friends is, so I'm going to skip that part. But what's interesting here that is that at the same time, Disney Plus released its latest movie, Cruella. This is the latest movie from Disney Plus to require paying extra to see the movie, even though you're paying a regular subscription, because it's also going to theaters. Now, I wrote a whole report on the numbers for, for day one of Friends and comparing that to Cruella. If you want, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But what I found interesting here is kind of the battle of strategies. Disney is trying to hold on to the past, is trying to hold on to the strategy that theaters are the big thing. It's where movies go to begin with. And streaming is kind of the second younger brother. It's the other place where movies go eventually after they're done with theaters. And theaters is where the money is and streaming, it's kind of where they have to be in order to maintain some revenue. I think that's kind of an antiquated way of thinking. And if we look at the numbers and the data from this weekend, I think we can kind of prove that. We saw something similar with Mulan. Mulan was the first movie where Disney tried this with their premium edition uh, of $29.99 to watch the movie. And they did it again. With Mulan, there was a little bit of excitement, but not enough to make it feel like it would make up for what they would lose by not going to theaters because theaters were closed about a year ago. And here, we don't even see a bump in numbers, which is really concerning considering this is something that they're hoping would make them more money. See, France fans flocked to HBO Max, adding more than 180,000 new downloads for the service on Friday, the day it was released. And that's more than double what HBO usually gets on an average day. And it not only added that, but if you look at all the days after, it actually gave them a noticeable bump. Disney Plus's downloads didn't fare as well. Downloads did go up a little bit over the weekend and peaked on Sunday, but the bump was just shy of 20,000 downloads, which is not really that much. Now, these numbers for Disney Plus are in the US only, and I'm comparing US to US because HBO Max is not available outside the US. So outside of the US, there are additional downloads for Disney Plus that don't get counted here, but that's a whole different thing for a whole different time. Now, my take on this is that being stuck at home has just forever altered the way we consume movies. And it's not just a technical, it's not just the fact that we can stream them on our phones or iPads or uh, laptops or TVs. It's also the expectation that we can stream them and we don't have to go to the movie theater and we don't have to pay extra. And it's not, it's no longer a special thing. It's kind of all the same. It's the same as if you stream a movie from 1979. Most streamers, I think, are getting to the point where they fully see this, and I think HBO Max is championing this because they know that's their way of, of grabbing all those new users, and it kind of feels like Disney Plus is trying to hold on to what the way things used to be. It may be an okay strategy now that things are starting to open up again and people want to be social again and people want to go to theaters, but if you look at the trends even before covid People going to theaters was going down. The price of tickets was going up. It wasn't really a positive. So I don't think that moving forward and in the future, this strategy is going to be useful for them. And if we look at all the other streamers that have either popped up over the last year or have been around even before, not many have really even tried this addition of charging extra for a movie for the first few months just because it's also in theaters. And I think that's a sign that not only is this going to go away, is 
it's going to go away soon. So I imagine this was an experiment from Disney, and I don't know if we'll see this experiment experimented with again. But I'll keep an eye on this as well. I'm going to keep an eye on pretty much everything I talk about, and I think that's pretty common at this point. Now, next up is also an interesting one, Clubhouse. I haven't talked about Clubhouse in probably weeks, I think. And it's because it became kind of just irrelevant at some point. It was There was a big spike of downloads back in, back in March, and then everything has gone down. I've used it very few times since then. And overall, I think it just didn't catch my attention. And it, if we're just judging by downloads, not many other people. But then all of that changed about two weeks ago when Clubhouse released an Android version, finally. People have been waiting for this for a long, long time. And I imagine that this would be one of those, oh, Clubhouse did this? Eh, I don't really care anymore. And uh, relevance would be completely gone by now. So they would have some downloads, but nothing crazy. And I was kind of wrong on this, which I'm excited to hear. I think I should be. Because the downloads on Android actually propel downloads on iOS as well, which I thought was nice. The, we estimate that Clubhouse was downloaded by just about 2.8 million Android devices in the first two weeks of its life outpacing iOS downloads, which we estimate to be at just about 1.7 million in the same period. And most of those downloads, the 1.7, came in just the last week of that. So after about a week of people getting excited about Android and downloading the Android app, iOS downloads picked up as well. And I imagine that has to do with engagement. And when your friends are on it, you're going to be on it as well, even if you were not really inclined to be on it before. So the thing that surprised me a tiny bit maybe not, just a tiny, is that the U.S. wasn't the top source of downloads, but rather comes in at number four with just a meager 4.4% share of downloads. The top countries downloading Clubhouse from Google Play are India with almost 50%, 46.4 to be precise, Egypt with 18.5 and Thailand with 7.7. So the bottom line here is Clubhouse seems to have cemented its place in the short list of social media companies. Its next big challenge would be to monetize successfully, a challenge it's starting to tackle by offering in-app purchases as contributions for creators, and that's a model that's worked very well for Twitch. So I imagine it could work very well for Clubhouse. And if we're looking at other events that happened this week, like Twitter Blue, we can see that there's definitely something in it that going beyond ads and monetizing directly from creators can potentially have an impact on the bottom line. I'm going to keep an eye on that because I think that's going to be a very interesting one. We haven't seen a new social media platform evolve in the last few years. We've seen a few come and go. We've seen a few try. Maybe with the exception of TikTok, no one else has really become a part of this short list that includes Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, maybe Snapchat. And so this will be a very interesting one and potentially also an interesting bet made by venture capitalists on where the future of this is, is going. Last for this week is Etsy. I've been meaning to write about Etsy for a long time, but every time I look at the data, there's just nothing interesting going on. There isn't any interesting growth. There isn't any exciting news. The last time I wrote about Etsy was when, um, when masks were all the rage and people were going to Etsy to get them because they ran out everywhere else. But this week, they announced that they're going to be acquiring Depop for $1.6 billion. Now, that's, that's B, billions. And for a marketplace that I never really heard about before. So what is it? Depop is a marketplace just like Etsy, but it's focused on secondhand clothes and it targets really young buyers and influencers. So I looked at its downloads over the years and they're pretty, pretty interesting. 
Since 2017, Depop saw 23.3 million new downloads across the App Store and Google Play. Overall, most of those downloads, just about 20 million, came from iPhone holders, according to our app intelligence. Now, Depop has averaged a growth rate of around 50% year over year in the last three years, and I think that's quite amazing. It's I looked at this year, which was just a little bit slower than last year, but that's because they had an amazing last year around this period of time when COVID was, uh, was keeping us all at home and shopping became the thing that people do on their phones. What's interesting to me here beyond the numbers and beyond the fact that something so unknown became so big so quick, I would say, is that Etsy will let Depop operate as a separate entity and they pay them mostly in cash. That's a lot of cash. It means something to me. It means that they really need to make inroads with younger shoppers who may not even know of Etsy's existence. And I've seen this experience personally when I ordered from Etsy and people saw stuff that I ordered and they, the people who asked me where I got it, when I said Etsy, they're like, oh, what's Etsy? And I didn't expect that. I, I expected the younger kids to know more about what Etsy is these days. So this makes a ton of sense to me. I'm kind of curious to see what would happen and if there's eventually some sort of an attempt to merge the two. And if so, if that's going to actually consolidate the user base or if they'll all just leave and go somewhere else. So that's also going to be an interesting one. And on that happy note, I'm going to say happy Friday. Hopefully you enjoyed all the insights that I uh, talked about this week. If you did and you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please do. We're available we're all, wherever you get podcasts. And if you want to get these insights for any app that I didn't talk about, head on to appfigures.com slash insights where you can get insights for any iOS and Android app for pretty affordable rates. That's it for me. See you next week.